Welcome to the 7 Daily Choices Podcast, a podcast designed to empower you to transform your relationships, optimize your leadership, and ignite your world. My name is Dow Tippett, and I want to help you create, build, and sustain a thriving life with others. So as we launch into our second episode here this week, I want to let you know real quick that I've made a decision even as we're getting started to make a small shift right here at the beginning. There's a few talks that I've already done and trainings I've already done that are going to help set us up for more success in the future. This first one is kind of the opener for our marriage conference called The Trapped um, Talk. And so we're going to talk about what it means to be trapped and what happens in our relationships when we get trapped and how that all works because understanding that is going to set us up for success. And then the second talk that we're going to have is actually a leadership training that I did on um, leading after crisis. And the reality is, as we move into talking about your marriage and we talk about how you are living with God in the seven daily choices, how you're living in your marriage in your seven daily choices, how you're living as a human, how you're uh, expressing yourself in the world and finances and a relationship with others, what's gonna matter is to understand that we're coming out of a season that has been very, very long and difficult. And, and when you come out of crisis, you have to be careful of some things. So I'm gonna... Go ahead and share that as well next week. So next week, we'll have that leading after crisis. This week, I'm going to share with you the trapped training that I do regularly so that we're set up for success so that when we get into the end of January, 1st of February, we'll be ready to launch into the seven daily choices and each each week cover a choice uh, as it connects to a particular circle of influence. And so um, we want to just launch off clear that way. So here's that talk uh, called Trapped. So, I'm 11 years old, and I'm laying on my grandmother's couch watching this old black and white Christmas movie on Christmas Eve. And because I was so enraptured and so tied up in this story, my mom let me stay up late at 11 years old on Christmas Eve and finish this movie. I don't think she knew at the time just how important that moment would be for me. But it was in that moment that I began to realize and recognize that life will be measured in relationships. Life is measured in relationships. And here's the thing. As when you come to the end of your life, people are going to sit around and they're going to measure it. And you won't be there to defend yourself. The only thing that will tell the story of your life is the difference you made for good or bad in the relationships of others. And while everybody else is measuring your relationships, you'll be having your (laughs) relationships your one relationship measured as well. When God looks in Jesus and says, do you know him? Do you know her? And Jesus says yes or no. And that is the most important relationship that you need to know that you have in place, that your relationship with Christ is is set and ready. But number two on that list is your marriage. When God talks about himself in the world today, and, and when God talks about his relationship with us, he compares it more to marriage than any other relationship. Second it only is father and child, but marriage relationship is the number one relationship throughout scripture that God uses to define his relationship with us. And your marriage is a witness and a testimony of Christ's love if you live well in it. Your living is measured in relationships and your marriage is the first measurement of how well you're doing. And so what we want to do, because 
marriage is under attack is we want to give you the tools and the techniques and the ideas and the frameworks that are going to allow you to come back and restore and renew and regenerate life through, in, and because of your marriage again and again and again. So what we've got to understand is marriage is under attack and it starts with identity. The world is attacking identity itself right now. They're saying we're not male and female, that we're whatever we want to be. The fact is, God had a design. Man and woman come together in intimacy. And as their intimacy grows, their union draws them nearer to God and allows them to look more and more like what God looks like in this unity where God is in perfect union with himself uh, what we call a triune God. He's these three uh, people so united that they are one God. And so the same beauty happens in marriage. And so God is using that constantly to draw an image of himself. And yet right now it's under attack, starting at the foundation of saying you're not even male and female. And then continuing into the covenant piece that says, if you are married to each other, you don't have to just be with each other. You can be with whoever you want. You don't have to be so united that you are one. You don't have to be so together that you are one. And yet, intimacy with someone else, intimacy is greater than our need for food. And what the devil and the enemy is trying to do is he's trying to tear apart intimacy at its deepest levels. And yet, that is our greatest need as human beings. More than food, we need to know someone and be safely known by that someone. And that's what marriage is supposed to do. Unfortunately, the enemy is after us and he's trying to fight us. Now, as we dive into these teachings, I wanna encourage you, you're gonna at times want to self-preserve. What you're gonna to wanna to do is you're gonna feel this sense of pulling away. You're gonna feel this sense where you don't wanna engage the material or you don't wanna engage your spouse in the material. And so here's what I need you to do. When you feel that, I want you to ask yourself three questions. Number one, what am I afraid of? Or what am I afraid of losing? What am I trying to hide? What am I trying to prove to whom? What am I afraid of? What am I trying to hide? What am I trying to prove to whom? In other words, who am I trying to prove stuff to? What happens is when we get trapped inside those questions, we end up not giving ourselves over to all that God can teach us through this material. So you're going to feel that along the way, and there are going to be moments where you want to pull back. I want to encourage you, push through those questions. Ask yourself what you're afraid of. Ask yourself what you're trying to hide or what you're trying to prove and work past that so that you can actually be free to learn and grow and become all that God wants you to be in your marriage and in your life with him. All right? Now, the enemy is after marriage in the highest levels. He's attacking marriage at its base with who we are. He's attacking marriage through um, this, this effort to tell us that we don't have to be only united with the person in front of us. Pornography has ramped up. Uh, the, the industry where people are driving people outside of the covenant, uh, premarital engage, uh, you know, relations are growing. We're, there's this effort to tear down marriage. And yet, in the midst of that, there's a constant effort by so many people to actually continue 
to build up and to grow marriage and to make marriage stronger, not because they're trying, but because they're still getting married. People who don't know Jesus are still getting married. They still want a preacher to marry them. They still want to make these promises before God. It keeps happening and it's still happening. And we need to be a part of engaging in that and making sure that that works well. But here's the thing. The enemy will also attack you in your relationships. And he has a pattern for doing this. And if we recognize the pattern the enemy uses, then we will be able to stand against his schemes when they come against us. So what I want to do today is I want to show you the six steps that run from health to disease in our marriages. And what I say is if we're not careful, we get trapped by the enemy and it tears down our relationships, especially our marriage. So here are the six steps that the enemy uses to tear down our relationships. Number one, we get tired. Anybody tired right now? Listen, the last few years have drained us of all our energy. They have sucked the life right out of us. And here's what I mean by tired. When I say tired, our capacity is overwhelmed beyond its ability to do more or give more. When our capacity becomes overwhelmed beyond our ability to do or give more, that's when we're tired. It can be because we're not eating well. It can be because we're not taking care of ourselves physically. It can be because we're not sleeping. It can be because our life is so busy that we're not able to keep up. It can be because we don't have capacity because uh, of extra things that have been poured on us from the outside in. Capacity gets drained by a lot of things. And what we have to do is we have to learn to keep our capacity open so there's room for grace. Otherwise, what happens is we get tired, and then we become raw. And here's what I mean by raw. I'm insensitive and irritable. Little things begin to bug me a lot because I don't have capacity for big things. So little things, I don't have capacity for them anymore. The little things, I'm dealing with so many big things. The little things, there's no room to give grace when those little things come along. So I become irritable. And I also respond insensitively because I don't have grace to give. I don't have the ability to, to give grace to people who do things to me. And I don't have the ability to give grace out to people who I need to do things with and to in conversations. And so we get tired and then we get raw. And like a wound, every time someone touches us, we're irritable, we're insensitive. We just sort of get touchy. We get hard to live with. And what happens and what the enemy does when we get hard to live with is we begin to feel alone. First of all, we feel alone because, quite frankly, everybody is a pain in the butt. Nobody seems to care about our feelings or our emotions or what we're going through. Everybody seems to be having problems and seems to be coming at us. And so we're feeling alone because nobody seems to care about us. And we're alone because we're ticking everybody else off too. We're insensitive and we're treating everybody poorly and so they don't want to be around us and we don't want to be around them. And so we begin to be left alone. And when we begin to feel like we're alone and we begin to sense that we're alone, then what we do is we pull away on purpose. We're going to take control of our life. And since people are going to abandon us anyways, we're going to abandon them first. So we pull away or we push them away. This can look like anger. It can look like withdrawing. It can look like words that are hurtful. It can look like uh, moves that are uh, indirectly cutting at people. Sometimes it comes in the back door. All kinds of ways we begin 
to pull away and pull out and get out of relationships. Because we feel alone, because we're raw, because we're tired, and our capacity is overwhelmed. You see this all over the world right now. All over the world. The pandemic and the follow-up to it has caused people's capacity to be so overwhelmed that they have no grace for anyone who doesn't isn't able to come along beside them and do what, what they think they deserve in their life. They have no grace and no freedom and no movement and no openness to grace in their life to give to other people. And so what happens is we begin to destroy relationships around us. I heard about this uh, right now on airlines. I don't know if you know this, but right now on airlines, the number of incidents where people are being pulled off of planes or or they're having to stop planes and, and people are being arrested because of what's going on on planes or or whatever, those kinds of things. There's no patience for it. I was I was flying to uh, one of these events that I was doing in Missouri. And as I was flying to the event, <clears throat> here's what happened. I was sitting in the back and uh, this lady sat down and it's an airplane where things are pretty tight. Things are, you know, pretty condensed. And the one lady is a little bit full. And at the before the flight goes off, you know, flight attendants are constantly moving back and forth before the flight takes off, especially as things start to ramp up in that flight process. And the flight attendant walks by this lady and bumps her arm as it's sticking out. And uh, I'm not being rude, but she was sticking out of her seat area, okay? And walks by and says, just glances back and says, sorry, and keeps moving because he's got a lot to do. And she starts to say stuff to the flight attendant and the flight attendant is like, really? And he almost blows up because of what she's doing. Then he's threatening to stop the plane. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm about to watch one of these events happen right in front of me. I'm about to watch one of these events where, where all of this breakdown happens and all this breakdown we've heard about is happening. I'm about to happen, watch it happen right in front of me. Now, it didn't, things got calmed down. Afterwards, there were some conversations that helped. Um, I think there were other things, and it was obvious from this woman's response. There were other things she was seeing, she was feeling, she was experiencing that she had brought into that moment. And the flight attendant also had brought other things into that moment. And he was dealing with some things that he brought into that moment that came be before that moment. Otherwise, that moment would have been just a little bitty thing. But once we're tired, we're irritable, we're insensitive, we feel alone, we feel like people don't care, so we push back or we pull away from them and we begin to isolate ourselves. And the problem is, is that our enemy roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, okay? So what are we gonna do if we're alone? Who does the lion go after? He goes after the person in the pack who is on their own, who's alone. And This is where the enemy comes in now that we've been put in a trap, he wants to seal that trap on us. So here's what it happens. We begin to get caught up in private sins. These are the things nobody else knows about. The little prideful thoughts, the little judgmental things that go on in our head. Maybe Maybe it's uh, we start binging a little more on Netflix or get caught up in video games. Maybe it's we pour more into our children than we do into our marriage. Maybe more into our job 
than we do into our marriage. Maybe maybe we start pouring into some things and we start giving ourselves to things little by little that other people don't know about. They're kind of, you know, it's not that other people can't ever see any of it. It's just not a big deal. And some of it even wouldn't be considered sin in the letter of the law. But as Romans tells us, if it's sin for you, it's sin. And here's what I mean. Anything that pulls you away from living your best life in relationship to other people is sin. It's not loving. It's not kind. And so these private sins begin to pop up. The problem is that when private sins remain, we become caught in entrenched idolatry. And all, those, all of a sudden, those sins that we used to just kind of have around us take hold of us and they become the master instead of us. Things we thought we had under control, we no longer have under control. And that entrenched idolatry begins to suck the life from us. And once we stay in entrenched idolatry, it leads to death. Now, this can be death of a relationship, it can be death of a marriage, it can be death of, um, it can be death, death. It, depending on the thing that you get caught in and get entrenched in, it can be actual death. And the problem is, when the enemy has us tra in the trap, tired, raw, feeling alone, pulling away, the next three steps can happen like that. Almost overnight, almost in seconds, not overnight, in, in seconds. I have been known <laughs> in my life with my wife to go from zero to 100 in a discussion where we went from, we're okay, we're fine, we're having a talk, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm blowing up because all those things were already in place. And so to get caught in my private sin of pride or my private sin of judgmentalism, or my private sin of criticism comes to the forefront. And what happens is, because of that, I become entrenched in a few minutes in allowing that sin to take over and explode the death of that conversation at the very least. And so we've got to learn how to back out of that. And that here's the reality. What we're going to spend the rest of our time together doing is learning the seven choices that go backwards through this, that allow us to work outside of the trap so that our marriages can be as healthy as possible, so that our, our relationships can be as healthy as possible. So we're going to walk through steps of how to do that, of how to become the kind of people. What are the seven daily choices I need to make to make sure I have the capacity to give grace and live life to the fullest as God intended me to live it. So there you go, uh, the trap talk. Hope you enjoy that. Uh, hope you got something out of that. And, and there's a lot more there. And I do want to ask you this and encourage you to think about this as we move into this new year. We do have a marriage membership available for just $37 a month where all of our marriage ministry stuff, all these podcasts, all the trainings, all the resources that we use to train people and help people make their marriages strong and make their lives strong are going to be available to you. So if you'd like to access those, you go to 7dailychoices.com, click on marriage membership, and you can sign up there. It's just $37 a month to help your marriage and your life be the best it can be and optimize who you are as a husband, as a 
pastor, as a, as a co-worker with others, as you're work, living out your life in Christ in the world. So we want to encourage you, go be a part of that. So the seven daily choices are going to be coming, but I want to get you set up for success by understanding a couple of things as we head into the seven choices. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, if you like what's going on here, could you share this with someone else so that they get involved and we can get this message of of thriving relationships out to other people, of optimizing leadership so that we can ignite our world together, so that we can work together to set this world on fire with greatness and life for all of us. And uh, be sure to subscribe and give us a review so that this gets out to more people as well. Thank you again for listening. And remember, life is a gift. Living is a choice. And living is measured in relationships. So choose relationship today.